Welcome back to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John, back with my girl, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? Twice in one day. I could not be better. Today is, is today is bald white guy day for you. And <laughs> in we have a really special guest tonight, Matt O'Keefe. Matt, how are you? I'm great, John and Nikki. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Of course. Welcome. Thank we had you, uh, we had Eric Rosa on earlier today, and dude was wearing glasses just like mine. We look like twins, although he looked like a much fitter twin version <laughs> of me. And, he uh, is fit. He is fit. I can attest to that. I've worked I was over. Getting, oh, I was getting pissed off, man. He was, he was and he was pulling those power moves. You know, like when you kind of lean into the camera and you keep your arms bent. So <laughs> no, no, yeah, he, he was. wasn't. Oh my god, John is just butt hurt because Eric said that he like you know maybe could actually be competitive in the open in his in his division, given that they're like taking more people into each stage. And John was like, oh, maybe. Maybe I should go RX. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, What's happening, dude? We're in the same age division. I like. I I feel obligated <sighs> now a little bit, but yeah, it was a power movie showing those biceps. No. I'm like, damn, this dude's fit and he's got the guitars behind. And those are really no. nice guitars. Nikki has these he had these guitars behind him. I'm a guitar player, and he's like casually, oh, there's a couple of Gibson acoustics. It was like a Gibson Hummingbird, which is like the acoustic. You know, like oh, I feel like this nothing is- less. This I know. is John's I, therapy session now. Guys, like, did you I kinda, know what happened to me today? I kind of love him and hate him all at once. I don't know what to do. I don't. I, I don't know how to him. feel. But he's fit. I wore a sweatshirt to make sure that I didn't, you know, offend you. So right, like, same. Arms, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, look, I you're I watch I watch your workouts, dude. I follow you on Instagram. I see what you post. You do some crazy shit. Yeah, dude. Especially recently, your your workouts have been like uh, make me want to vomit. Make oh. me vomit. So it's like, you know, there's the, there's the, there, there it is. No, I, um, it's funny. I mean, you guys know, first of all, it's really hard to work out by yourself. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I threw out my accountability measure this year. I'm going to do like a hundred burpees a day. And, <gasps> but like a lot of, I have like a group of people that are doing it with me and uh, a lot of people are doing it straight through. I'm just putting a hundred burpees, uh, at least into a workout every day. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what? Like I just I've gotten away from like lifting weights and like, you know, doing things RX. I do like I'm the machine man. Like I have a skier, a runner, a rower, two bikes. I just like run around through the machines and try to get my lungs as healthy as possible. So I have fun. You speak my, cool. speaking my language. I literally just bought a ski erg. It shows up in 10 days. Like I can't wait. Oh, uh, that is so cool. It's, well, it's I awesome. literally just picked up an old school um, shitbox treadmill from my uncle's house that barely works. <laughs> yes. So I have that in my basement now. Thank you That's, very much. You nobody like nobody wants to run. I, mean, so, I have a runner. I have an assault runner, which I love. I love assault, but uh, I hate running. So it doesn't get I used as much as it should. Running. Uh, I actually love running. I actually love it. Yeah, no. I do. And I, I would love to run on something better than my uncle's shitbox <laughs> treadmill. But, <laughs> but I will tell you this. The only way that I can run and, or be on any machine, like you guys are the machine guys, the only way I can really be on a machine is if I have almost like a workout to do on it, like a sprinting or like incline up and down. Like if I'm not taking like a, I have an app that has basically like Peloton, but for treadmill, that's like a class. So it's like run now, walk now, go up a hill and I'll go down a hill. Like I won't do shit on a machine unless someone's telling me what to do. That's why I like it. Cause it's just as brainless as CrossFit. They make medicine for that, you know? 
Yeah, it's called yeah. fucking vodka. <laughs> <laughs> so the real question is, who's doing this crazy program? Are you programming your own? Or is this like Shane, Matt? Like, who's doing it? Yeah, you know, I, I'll do a lot of Shane's stuff in general. Um, we work out quite a bit together, and like he'll toss something my way just to say, like, "Hey, I'm doing this today. Why don't you do it?" Um, and I'll write my own stuff. Like when I, you know, he's busy obviously right now, so I don't hear from him as much. Uh, and the time change is so crazy, but. Yeah, I mean, I pluck stuff off Instagram like nobody else. Um, mm. so I'm screenshotting stories. You know, games athletes will post something, and I'll just boil it down to my version. Um, just like I, I, I really enjoy just doing something that I've never done before every day. You know, I don't like it. It pains me to like tee up a workout from the open I've already done. Uh, you, you know, this feeling like you get this like mm. feeling like, oh my god, I have to perform and beat my last score, or I'm going backwards. Uh, so I just try to mix it up like differently every day. And so it's a surprise and I trick my brain into doing something every day. And it's fun. I tell you the, the game changer for me, like I, I revamped the the home gym, I don't know, a month or so ago. And I saw the writing on the wall that COVID's not going away anytime soon. Right. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to be in cliffside as much. I need to like really kind of dial it in. And the one key thing I did that has totally changed my home training is I bought a timer. And there's something about the accountability of that thing going off and you watching it that keeps you from stopping. I don't know what it is. I don't know if just like we've just been programmed and doing so many workouts that you just have to work harder when the timer's moving. It's changed everything for me. Even like just turning it on to do a warm up. I actually do the warm up because I know I've got X amount of minutes to get that done. And then I got to move on to the next thing. I don't check my phone. I don't create Mm -hmm. memes. Well, I do that some, but I, I usually don't. You know, I like, I actually put the work in big. That was the biggest change for me this year. Huh. That's huge. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, I don't like, I try to get it in when I can, but I'll set a 30 or 60 minute clock and like a 10 minute EMOM workout, five minutes rest. And then a 20 minute EMOM workout. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, warm up then workout. Like that's kind of how I do everything. You know, if I squat, I do EMOMs and very lightweight, you know, it's just, I don't know, whatever. It's fun. It's fun. I figure. Um, it makes me a better dad, you know, better person to be around, better employee, um, better friends. So, you know, so I might as well do it every day. When you're around yeah. all these really fit friends of yours, and I have several that are, they're not Matt's level. I continue to remind them of that. They don't like it when I remind them of that, but they're games athletes. When I work out with them, I feel like the slow kid on the bus. Like, <laughs> how, how is it for you when you're working out with these guys? It's funny. Like I have a pretty interesting story with that over like whatever the last seven or eight years when I met Matt, I was like sort of chasing the CrossFit competitive dream on a team at my gym. I was younger, very a lot younger. And, um, and I got unfit hanging out with Matt because I would try to do what Matt was doing, but be so far behind that, you know, when you're competitive, meaning you like to compete, if you've lost you there's a speed that you know you downshift you know and uh, i found i woke up it's funny i was doing a workout at champlain valley with ben bergeron and um with matt and, and i was like dude, i finished I'm like dude like I, I don't know what is going on but like i'm so out of shape and i work out more than anyone and he's like yeah you work out slow he's like you like you literally i just watched you. he's like you you literally coast when you feel like you haven't won a workout he's like you gotta stop doing that you know and, uh. So kind of changed the game with me. It's yeah, it's hard. I've had a lot of fun the last whatever five years um, with Ben, 
with with um, uh, Shane, but also with the girls particularly, because I will do the workouts with Katrin or Tia and use their weight. You know, Brooke Wells, like I'll jump in and use their weight and get beat most of the time. Um, but, you know, I love jumping in on things I'm good at with wall balls or like a rower or, you know, like barbell. Or Tall guy shit. Yes, 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 uh -huh. yes, yes. But yeah, it's it's a trap. I'm telling you, it's hard. It's, it's hard. Um, and, you know, that's their job too, right? So like you're just in a – like Matt and I have talked a lot about this. Like what does life after being a professional crossfitter look like? And it's like uh, – he because he's like, I can't see myself working out. Like it's my job. Like I, I literally do it for a purpose. Like I, you know, to stay fit. Like you guys, do. he's like, I don't even understand you. You know. Um, Interesting. So. Well, and I, I love the fact that he's uh, doing the women's weights because that's my, that's my jam, dude. I've said yes. forever that I'd make a great games, a woman games athlete. I'm the strongest most of them. So I, I, we're in the same camp here. Wouldn't. I promise you wouldn't. <laughs> I, 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 like, I've, I've thought so. It's not the, it's not the case. Oh, trust me. I know that I've been around enough of them over time. Like uh, I, I do lift uh, kind of within the same range as most of them for whatever that's worth. I think we all do. Like it's just the nature yeah. of the beast, right? Until you actually get in a room with one of them and you watch them like actually do a workout. And it's so impressive. Like I forget who it was I was with. It was, uh, oh, it was uh, Paige Semenza is a friend and her mom's amazing. And we were in the same city for something. And and I've made that joke to her mom a hundred times. When Paige comes in and starts squatting, I took one look at her squat and I'm like, yep, not as strong as a games woman. Not a chance. Like, <laughs> Y'all, we close. not even hang with the games teen ladies. Like, no, they're on, <laughs> oh, an, no. all of those, all of those athletes are on another level. Was, I have a question, Matt, just kind of going back to what you just said, because um, other Matt Fraser feels mm -hmm. so, uh, like pragmatic to me when he thinks about that kind of thing, like life after CrossFit or like, I'm just going to get fat because I don't want to work out for fun. Totally. Same girl, same. But what, what does he feel about like life after the competitive phase? Because it just, it seems so normal to me, like knowing him for the last few years that he ha has thought about that and he has a plan for that. And he has a plan on how he's going to like be a champion. And then he has a plan for like how he's going to live his life. Like what is, what are his thoughts around that? That's so interesting to me. Yeah. It's a really good question. And, and I think, you know, you know, well, Matt, well enough, like he is a big planner and yeah. um, he's uh He's, you know, I think he's in the tweaking phase of that stage of his life where he's like trying to figure out what it, what it would look like. And, you know, when that is, um, he's always contemplating it. He's like, you know, he's very aware, self-aware, like, you know, he wants, you know, he makes strong, thoughtful decisions and, you know, that will be no different. Like he, he'll certainly work out. Like, I think it's going to be a part of his life. He's learned to love, you know, the space and the community and, you know, his position in it and, you know, I think there's lots of things that he'll want to do that will probably require him to continue to be endorsed to, to stay fit. Yeah. But yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's in like the, 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 it's a ball of clay right now. He's trying to figure out what that looks like, you know, I, and by the way, Sammy does it the way we all do it. Right. So I think that's like a driving force for, for him moving forward. It's like, cool. you know, I should probably tug him into the gym and say like, yeah. come on buddy, like let's jump on a rower. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's, me fun. it's mental too, right? Like, I, and that, that's kind of my, anything I've ever said to him on his side is like, you know, I, I'll be stressed or like have something like I, you know, big coming up. Like if I go work out, like it clears my brain, like I'm, yep. I'm like way better, you know? Um, so he'll be, he'll be, I'm not worried about him, but you know, he's curious is what it is, you know? 
which I think you can expect from him. He's so like that's such a thoughtful, like smart, intelligent, you know, um, curious kid guy. I mean, I shouldn't even say kid. He's a kid to me, but like, he's, um, yeah, he, he thinks through like everything it's, it's, you would be, you'd fall over at some of the things he thinks through. No, I believe it because I can see him like, especially out on the competition floor. Like I can, and maybe I'm making this up, but he's like a cyborg to me. Like I can, I'm watching him like count the breaths of the athletes around him because he can feel and hear when they're like downshifting. Like it's like he, he can analyze and think through every single scenario and it makes him so incredibly talented and dangerous out on the competition floor. It's awesome to watch. And it's cool to see him evolve to there. So I'm so interested in how he's going to evolve even out of and past the competition phase at some point. I mean, I hope it's not anytime soon because I love watching him compete, but I am so excited to see like what he continues to bring to the sport, even when he's not actively, you know, out there winning championships. Maybe he never will. Maybe he'll always be out there winning. Who knows? I know. You never know. We all do. Yeah. I like, I don't know. Maybe I'm in a unique position in my life where I'm like able to be very, present and um it is not lost on me what i get to be involved in on a daily basis with him um annually um i'm enjoying the ride with him and every moment that's involved in it because it's so special for a lot of the things you're pointing out like he is a very unique special talent individual he works harder than anybody i've ever seen in any profession um he's just uh He's taught me a lot. You know, there's a role reversal often with him. Um, he's just uh, he's just so determined, driven, uh, focused on his goals. Um, you know, he'll be great at whatever he does in his life. Mm-hmm. He's just um, he's built, wired for greatness, um, and he's trained himself to be great and, and how to go about it. You know, it's just so cool to be a part of. You know, what's interesting to me about Matt, just as an outside observer watching him, I mean, Nikki hit it on the head. He's, he is like a kind of a cyborg. You can see that he analyzes things. If you, if you follow him on Instagram and to see his stories, you can even see how he analyzes his personal life, the way he answers some of the questions, talking about how he's investing his winnings and, and, and the things he does. But the things I'm most impressed with is the way he, he seems to be able to turn off that athlete switch. And he has this entire other side that's friends and family. And that's, to me, that's really impressive. Like, you know, this whole uh, road trip he just did with Sammy was like, it was really touching. Like, I don't want to be a big softy here, but it was really touching. No, super, be a softy because some of the shit that he posted about, like when they first said, I love you. And when mm-hmm. he knew that she was the one, I was like, like tears in my eyes watching, like sending to all my girlfriends, like, you guys, did you see that? So sweet. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But, you know, and it's not, it's not just the stuff he does about Sammy though. Like when he, you know, answers questions, he talks about his friendship with you and, his, yep. and, and friendship with others that have helped kind of pull him along this journey. Like, What's that like for those of you that are kind of in that circle to be able to see that side of him? Yeah, it's so interesting. I get asked this, you know, in different forms quite a bit. It's, you know, the public recognition piece, right? Um, Which he's does a lot and it's not necessary, right? One of the things that I think people don't understand about Matt is like, so there's that category of gratitude, which is daily. You know, there's never a moment where, you know, I'm not grateful for him. Sammy isn't me, him, vice versa, he, he, me. We've built this, you know, over time, just, you know, recognition of, you know, um, how much we mean to each other, 
Um, and we're in this together and, and, you know, he uses the, we all the time. And, you know, honestly, like when he projects that stuff publicly, I could not appreciate it more. And it's like, so heartwarming to hear it, but I hear it all the time. Like Matt doesn't like hang up without saying, I love you to me. Like, he's like, that's how, that's our relationship, you know, and it's, you know, whether we're disagreeing, which by the way, everybody does, right? Like we always, um, you know, kind of put our head on the pillow at night with a lot of gratitude for where we are today because of, you know, the fact that we've been able to grow our relationship and work together. I mean, I'm internally grateful for where I sit today and I would never, um, you know, leave absent the fact that I would not be where I am today without having had the chance to be a part of what he does and work with him um, because I was getting to do something I shouldn't have been doing because he trusted me. Right. And it was like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so uh, gratifying. Um, but, you know, the reward really for me is like seeing his hard work, um, you know, play out on the floor and him achieve things that he sets out to, um, you know, and I know like when he steps across that finish line, like this year at the games, he gives me a hug. It's like, you know, like the things he says and, or like that, you know, the hug, like that, it's like when he steps on that finish line, it's like that to me is the gratitude. Like he feels a high sense of a responsibility to me, to Sammy, to Shane, to Tia, because we all in our own way, shape or form work our ass off together to, to get, you know, to a point like that. I mean, nobody works harder than him. He does all the work. Like that's his accomplishment, but he shares it with us. And it's, um, it's just so cool. Like I, I, I don't know, like, again, not to be too sappy. It's just, you know, he's, um, he's such an important part of my life and it runs so deep, but like that stuff you see is, um, is stuff I see daily. So it's like, you know, to me, it's like, great. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't even need him to do it. Like he doesn't need to get on a microphone and be like, Hey, you know, I have a great team and it's not like, I love that he does that. And I think people get to see the real human side of him, but, um, if it was just the way it was in private, it'd be just as much as good for me. Like he's, um, he lives, he walks the talk on a daily basis. He's just a special guy. Um, I have a lot of gratitude when he gave the finger to Dave Castro at the games, <laughs> because that was meme gold for me. I really appreciated um, that. It's, yeah. it's just paid huge dividends. I, I will disagree with you on one thing you said though. You, to some degree where you said you wouldn't be where you were without Matt. And I'm sure you owe a lot to Matt, but I mean, truthfully, you know, you've, you've made quite an impact on your sport on, on your own. And I think that's, uh, you know, a big reason why we wanted you to come on was talk about the landscape of CrossFit. Like you've created and helped shape quite a bit of what's going on in competitive CrossFit right now. And, you know, I think 2021 is, um, probably going to be as crazy as 2020. I feel like I should knock on something to make sure it isn't, but I know, but competition is going to be weird. Um, You know, I guess we're really just looking for your insight. Like, what do you see coming up? Like, you know, you're running a lot of competitions. Athletes are probably going crazy about it. Like what's, what's this year going to look like for us? Yeah, it's a great question. And thank you. Yeah. It's been a wild journey and and I love what I get to do. Um, It's really fun and rewarding. Um, you know, and I have an unbelievable team around me um, who you guys all know. And uh, so it's like, I get to look really good often because of a lot of people's hard work. Um, and, you know, we're working hard right now to figure out what we don't, what, you know, to how we'll react to scenarios we don't know that, you know, will play out possibly at this point. Yeah. Right? 
it's it's tough um you know we've all been working hard on what the you know the season structure is sort of out there right like where we fit in um you know where does Wadapalooza sit which is I think an elephant in a lot of people's room um, and I can share a little bit of that and um yeah we want some events to be a part of the season um but what we want most is this to work right like it's been a long couple two three years and um and I think what everybody is committed to is like finding the right way forward um, so that we can settle down a little bit. Like we've changed a lot year to year and, you know, at nobody's fault really. Like it's been all over the place. There's a different group of leadership before mm -hmm. there's a new team. They're trying to find the right way, the secret sauce. Um, it's a lot more collaborative now, which is cool. Um, and, you know, I think um, the problem we have is COVID, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's tough. It's tough. And I think, um we're committed as are a lot of other event organizers to being gritty this year and you know at at whatever cost we need to put something out whether it's virtually you know in in sort of that format that rogue did we just we were about to put something live called the trials as like a test platform for how we might do it with our events um but yeah it's 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 going to be an interesting year um there's a lot of you know question marks like what what are those you know 10 so events that are going to be a part of that semifinal round what's this quarterfinal thing you know um and, you know one thing that i think you know we have to recognize is that crossfit's in a really tough position too um because they've got to again they've got to be really agile and gritty and it's hard to do that like you, you think about the the process of an event right and it's the side i live on you know, to run an event in May, like we really need to be going right now um, oh, yeah. in a lot of ways. And, and you know, we don't run small events. We're a little different than, than some of the others in, in the market. But like, you know, Wadapalooza is 2,500 athletes, 1,000 volunteers. There's 40,000 people that run through that property over four days. I can't like wonder when I'm going to do that, right? Um, so, you know, that event we're going to push outside the system. Um, that's going to go back to where it was. It's going to live on its own. Uh, we, we would love to collaborate with CrossFit in some way. And I think we will, um, on that event and we'll work through that, but that's going to go back to January, be this standalone spectacle event, you know, provide an awesome earning opportunity with athletes, um, and be, you know, this independent festival, hopefully in conjunction. And I think it will be with CrossFit. Right. But, you know, these other events that we're looking at being a part of the season, like where do they fit in? Like Granite Games or West Coast Classic. We have a Spanish event. Who knows? You know, there's a lot of decisions to make. There's only two European events. That's tough for them. There were nine of us last year, um, you know, in that chaotic, you know, sanctional format. So, you know, I don't um, I don't have an answer for who's who's in, what's in, how that looks like, because that's, you know, an in-process decision right now that, that, you know, is being weighed. But it's really, it's tough because it's go time, right? Like we really, like if, if I'm going to put an event on in California in May or June, like I got to get going. And they know that, like they run events. Like it's, you, you just can't put that together a couple of days. So it's, right. uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting year. It really is. It's so tough because even if they, even if CrossFit came out and said, yep, uh, West Coast Classic, you're in the, in the gamut and let's go and Granite Games and whatever. And now, you know, even if you knew tomorrow, like COVID could still fuck everything up. So true, it's true. like doubly as hard. I mean, hopefully we're, there's a light at the end of the tunnel with, you know, vaccines rolling out and people being able to travel more safely and gather more safely. And like, we can only hope, but 
that I just, I feel for you in that it's difficult to make decisions right now that impact so many people because there are so many unknowns that are out of our hands, even more so than just, okay, what's the season going to be? Yeah. I mean, when you look at last year, like we, we have to be prepared for many different angles. Right. And one of the things that we're not preparing for, cause we're, it's, it's not going to happen is meaning like we're not going to operate. Like we're going to do something. We all have agreed on that. Like if we're going to be in, we're going to figure out how to run something. It might be from people's garages, like rogue did from affiliates or whatever, but we're going to be present. Um, and uh, I think that's important this year. I mean, we got like, think about what happened to us with West Coast Classic last year. You right. know, we were a week out. You know, I'm like digging my heels in and saying, we're doing this, like, you know, a little naive, obviously. And, and uh, you know, you know, stubborn at the time, had no idea. Like, I literally said on like a Monday, like, we're in, like, this is happening. Like, come, if you don't want to, don't feel safe. We totally respect that. We're going to do everything we can to be safe. And Tuesday, I canceled it. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's it, it, so we're well aware of the daily f- swing that this thing can provide. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that's um, we're ve- we're way more prepared, you cool. know, and in and, and that part, um, I think, you know, comforts a lot of us. It's going to be a tough year. Like, listen, I mean, anybody who's hoping that we're going to gather a crowd in May and June is crazy. Like, it's just, you know, I, I mean, vaccine is behind already. Yeah. Um, There's no chance that 200 million people are vaccinated by May 1st, you know, which, and by the way, once people like, listen, my my business has a whole other side to it. Um, You know, we run 350 concerts a year. So we're like very in tune to this gathering market. And uh, like the concert business isn't even looking at anything before September, you know? So it's like, we have a lot of data and it's just like, all right, listen, we're going to probably be virtual. Hey, at best, maybe we can get a lot of athletes to compete on a floor that we can broadcast yep. in one place, but putting fans in, like, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm flipped. You know, I was like this like gritty, like anti-COVID guy at the beginning where it's like, we're fine. Like we're going to do this. And like, hey, a lot of people are hurting from it. And yeah. You know, the, the, like, I have a very sick mother. If I catch COVID and go see her, she's going to be in trouble. So, like, we have to be responsible and, um, and want to be responsible. Um, you know, we're not going to put people in dangerous situations. And some would argue if you put 20 people on a floor, it's a dangerous situation. Like, you know, so it's, it's, a it's a lot to weigh on. You're in more control in an environment like that where you can build a bubble, you can, Yep, make sure totally. that everybody everybody is okay with what they're doing like the games they did a great job with the games i was, I was just the, gonna say i thought yeah i was in the bubble too the and bubble i thought too. the the restrictions were um vast like i couldn't go through the starbucks drive-thru <laughs> and it chapped my ass but it was so worth it it was, it was. so worth it because you know we couldn't you, if you needed something, we had designated runners and they, they would go out and get something for you. And then they would leave it in an area where it could be sanitized before you could come and pick it up. Like there, it was intense and it was absolutely necessary because can you imagine what, what would have happened to our community if like the games or if a, you know, a well-known event, like a Wadapalooza became like a super spreader event, it would, yeah. there's the downside infinitely outweighs like how great everything was. So I'm so glad that we were incredibly cautious and careful. And now we know there's a way to do it. We can absolutely do it, but 
but yeah, gathering people and crowds and, and spectators is probably quick break from the conversation with Matt, Nikki, let's talk about our sponsor for this week. Yes. So Emergent Mindset uh, is run by games competitor Casey Campbell, and she is offering a course to prep you mentally, physically, all around for the dun, dun, dun CrossFit Open, which is coming up, which holy moly, we all could use some help getting our head straight for that. Could you do the music again? Dun, dun, dun. Perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is really cool. Casey came to us, um, you know, looking to to get some some airtime for her course. And it is actually the kind of thing that look, I don't I don't like to get too too serious about the open. I really just like to have fun. But inevitably I get bogged down like emotionally. My nerves go crazy. I know we've talked about, I get the nervous poops. Like it just <laughs> it happens every single year. So in going through some of her course materials where she talks about focusing on your goals and expectations, you know, setting realistic and detailed plans on how to attack the open and be more calm and focused and mentally prepared. I'm looking at her stuff being like, Oh God, I should do this this year. I should have done this in years past. I should do something like this every single year. So yeah, I think the cool part is like, you know, being able to visualize what you're going in to do. I feel like I make that mistake every year. Like I go in thinking, all right, here's my game plan. And I get like 10 seconds in and I'm like, I'm scrapping that game plan and doing something else. Right, <laughs> right, right. So I, I think it's it's a really uh, it's cool in concept and certainly in practice to be able to visualize what you're doing, practice your concentration. Um you know, she mentioned it to me as those self-talk habits that you need. Mm-hmm. And that, I think I've always found that something that that I'm missing that I always get when I redo it the second time. So I'm hopeful that uh, using her course is going to allow me to only do these workouts once as opposed to two or three times like I've done in years past. So Right. Actually, I didn't even think about that because I always redo them too. And going in mentally prepared to just like, you know, attack it and accept it, I feel like is not a strength of mine. So that's, that's actually a really cool way of looking at it. I think too, for me, like having someone that, you know, you can trust because you, there's a bazillion prep courses. You can Google things like it is what it is, but she's a games competitor. She was a gymnast for 17 years and she competed and she's coached competitive gymnasts for like over a decade and has a, you know, a a master's degree in sports psychology. Like she's, she's the chick. Like you want, you want to talk to Casey Campbell about how to do the open. Well, and the good for news sure. is she's given a hundred bucks off the course, which I think is uh, really great for listeners of the podcast. So if you go to emergentmindset.com, so let me spell it because I'm sure my pronunciation is brutally wrong. E-M-E-R-G-E-N-T-M-I-N-D-S-E-T.com backslash open prep. Put in the code M-P-G-A, just like make pods great again. And the first 50 people that sign up will get a hundred bucks off the course. And don't, don't delay. Cause this is the kind of thing that you can work on for your everyday game too. Obviously, you know, like the competition and open that's when like our stress is at the highest, but everybody knows, you know, when Fran comes up in everyday programming, like everybody gets hella nervous. So check it out, check it out for now. And for, uh, for all year long when you're working out. And with that, we will get back to our conversation with Matt O'Keefe. What's the, what's the feedback from the community been to you guys on this? Like we, I get the sense, or at least from the people i talk to like half half of my base thinks covid's a joke no worse than a cold or the flu 
These are including people, by the way, messaging me knowing that I have it. And then there's the other half that are like, you can't leave the house, put a body condom on every day when you get up and don't touch anything. Like, you know, it's like, it's two wild extremes. The community's really kind of fractured. Like what kind of feedback are you getting from people on that? Yeah. I've got such a, you know, a, a broad spectrum of opinion on it. I've, you know, businesses in Europe, friends all over the globe. And um, it's interesting. I have some, you know, friends in, that run a business in England and it's really painful there right now. And there's a lot of caution around it. Yeah. You know, you live in the United States too. Like, you know, quite frankly, um, it's embarrassing how little we've cared as a, as a, as a, as a whole, uh, country, um, you know, considering like Tia's in Korea right now, right? Tia went to Korea and stayed in a, 300 square foot hotel room for 14 straight days. And if she left, she was going to be deported. So they've managed miraculously. If you get everybody pointed in the same direction, you can end something, you know? So it's like, you know, we lost that opportunity back in March and April, but you know, it's um, yeah. I mean, I live in a state Massachusetts that, you know, has been relatively restrictive, you know, throughout the whole thing, but you know, the only answer was abstinence, right? It was like yeah. all or nothing. And yeah, I mean, I have a lot of people around me, even in my direct family, some are like very scared and cautious. Um, I've not, you know, I've definitely been uh, cautious, but I've traveled, right? Like, and, you know, I've taken um, calculated risks, but I've been very careful with it. And one of my sort of, you know, my synopsis of it is like, if you're, if you're smart, you know, yeah, you can, you can never like avoid it. And John, you're, you're proof of that. You wear a mask and you still get it. Right. It's like, you can never avoid it, but like, if you pay attention, you know, and by the way, one of these things is like, you know, be healthy. Don't eat like an asshole. Of course. Um, you know, it's things I preach to some of my family members and it's like, you know, they're all worried about getting it. It's like, why don't you put some of that energy into like a daily five mile walk, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I got people all over the place. I've got good friends that are, you know, psychotic about it. Um, you know, one of the things that I have the hardest time with, with, with all of this is, is sort of, is the hypocrisy. It's like, you know, the, the people Thank are you. like, are like, you know, indignant about certain people's activities. And then they're like going to the supermarket and right. they're going to like, you know, the mall. And it's like, well, dude, like if you're with one person, then you're doing the same thing that you're being critical yes. of somebody else doing, you know, it's just being 100%. consistent. It's like, I have no leg to stand on by saying like certain things shouldn't be allowed and not like, I have a big problem with particularly like the New York city thing, like them closing restaurants. You know, I've been very vocal about it. It's like, okay, you've chose a segment of people that can't defend themselves. It's small business. So you shut them down selectively because it's an easy group to say, here, I'll put my thumb on you and it solves some you know, some piece of the problem. It's like, but I can get on an airplane with 300 people. Like, of course, they can't fight the airline on that. It's like the whole thing is really frustrating in that sense. And it's like, all right, well, we're at the goal line. Let's just not kill each other over this thing. Right. Yeah. Be smart and, you know, get to the hypocrisy for me is I fully agree. Like I could not agree more. And I've said this whole time, like, the, the COVID year has sort of like shown me some people's true colors in a way, like, because I don't, um, I don't care if you're, if you're really, really cautious and you don't want to see me, you don't want to talk to me other than via zoom for 12 months. Like I respect that if you believe the opposite and you still want to go and live your life and whatever, I respect that. I just can't, 
I cannot handle the like nose up, like, oh, well, we're being safer than you. Like we're <laughs> like, how dare you? You guys went to a grocery store or like, or you traveled, like how could you? where I'm like, but you are doing like, mm, there's not, you cannot draw a line in the sand. Like there are too many factors. Just do you and we'll figure it out. You know? You're you're always you're always like one station removed from the chaos. Anyway, it's like how do I know what my neighbor's doing? Right. That, that my kid's playing with his kid, and it's like, you know, well, if I allow that, it's like, and I have no control over the other human that works and goes to an office or like mm-hmm. travel, whatever they do. It's like, all right, you've already you've already lost that you know right to be you know critical right. of what people do. Uh, we've been safe. Like my kids, like. You know, we try to communicate like, you know, if I travel, I'm like, hey, neighborhood, um, I'm on a plane. Like, if you don't want to play with my kid, then don't. You know, right. I test a ton, by the way. Same. I, <laughs> I, I test. I test. Um, I probably have tested between 40 and 50 times. Um, it's it's an expensive proposition half the time. I do have some at home stuff. But like, honestly, like it's my responsibility with all I do. Right. And I don't want to be this like, you know, spreader in the right. world uh, but anyway yeah it's um it's all over the place john i i don't know like it's uh it's it's crazy i i mean funny like you know that we would just handle it as shitty as possible in the united states um probably not a big surprise to the global community but um we can't get our heads together and get pointed in the same direction you know you can go to north dakota and sit in a stadium with thirty thousand people and you know you can't get a coffee and Massachusetts it's like crazy to me you know it's um, and I'm with you I mean you hit my hot button you know talking about small business and just so we'll keep it you know in the kind of the CrossFit space you know I see these gyms closed down and you know we're closing gyms down and and people think well they own a gym they're rich <laughs> you know they're not ah, you know like that? I think oh some people I think people think they're self-sustaining they don't realize like you know, if people think you own a gym, you must be doing real well in life without any real understanding of how business works, right? And that these gyms often, most of them, not all of them, but most of them are kind of living paycheck to paycheck. And they yeah. do it because they love it. God bless them. And I love them for it. So thank you to every CrossFit owner out there for what you do. Because I know you're not, you know, making the queen's ransom here to do it. You do it because you love us and you love the sport, right? But every time we close them down, these guys are going home trying to figure out how to pay their mortgage and how to keep their business open and how to feed their kids. And you think about the depression and anxiety and stress and everything that comes with that. And, and I just can't sit here and not believe that what we're doing is, you know, we're, we're saving lives. Don't get me wrong. Like that's a great thing, but at the cost of others, like you're going to lose those lives too, eventually. So we're really arguing over speed. You know, we're not yeah. arguing over the life. We're arguing over the speed at which you get there. And it, it just worries me for our community because I don't want to see 30% of our gyms closed down. No. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a member of multiple gyms. Um, my home gym is CrossFit the Swamp, um, <clears throat> the Swamp Gym and, and Swamp's got mass. Mike Dudevar, great guy. And, you know, I get to talk to him often about it. You know, he's doing it you know, great. You know, he's had no issues. They've had, I mean, everybody's had some of it, right. But he's handled it wonderfully and he's keeping people healthy and sane. And, 
you know, and it's um, it's like this whack-a-mole game that's going on, and it's like you know, gyms are the you know a bad thing, and it's like when you look at the statistics that keep coming out, it's like wow, gyms are actually a real bright spot in this whole yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, you know, and it's like that community is you know built you know bulletproof almost. You know, it's like you know, hey, CrossFitters are doing all right. Yeah, we've had some sadness. This you know, we had a judge pass away. Um, from Wadapalooza on the front end. And I don't know everything that was involved in that, his health, but if, you know, we have judges that aren't CrossFitters. So I, you know, I, I think he was, but you know, I don't know, but I'm saying like, you haven't heard a lot of that in our space, you know? Um, and, you know, I believe there's a direct correlation between how we care for ourselves and, and our ability to be, you know, uh, you know, able to, fight things like that yeah the whole totally. thing is crazy like the the gym thing's tough like i anybody who's listening that doesn't know and can't wrap themselves around it like being a crossfit gym owner isn't you know isn't the honeypot like it, it's no. uh you know there are people that are very successful with it but you know that that's um you couldn't have put it better a lot of them live month to month and like they're working 15 16 17 hours a day they're mopping the floors yep um coaching you know seven eight hours a day it's it's a tough it's a tough business sometimes i mean uh but it's it's like a pair a piece of um the small business world that i think is so vital to to people's long-term health and, and wellness that we need to be mindful of and really try to support well, like I'm in an essential business. I run a bank, right? Or a, a bunch of banks actually. And, but I'm out in front of customers and I watch them every day come in, got their mask on like this. They walk up to the teller line and they pull their mask down to talk to the teller. And these tellers make 16, 17 bucks an hour, right? So they're not, again, you know, these are frontline workers and they're all amazing people, but they're, they're out there getting exposed. Like we've got protective bears and we're wearing masks and we're doing all we can do to protect them, but you can't protect them from crazy. Right now, I guess my point to that is, is that, you know, we're allowing my business to stay open because it's essential and it is essential. People need their money. (laughs) They definitely need their money. But I would really argue that these gyms are just as essential and that we should be able to find a way to keep them all open with safety measures in place. And it, yeah. actually, it sounds like Eric's put together some, we didn't talk to him about that today, but it sounds like CrossFit's starting to put together some recommendations on that. That'll be good. We just need the government to come in and agree to it and, and let us keep them all open it's, so these guys can pay their bills. It, you know? Yeah, I think it's just tough because it's it's so much more work to come up with specific solutions like boutique gyms or gyms that can have 10 people or less in there at a time. Like it's so much more work on the local government's level in fairness, while they're trying to handle a pandemic, which I understand takes up a lot of resources, but like, I do wish we could get more specific in trying to understand that like CrossFit gyms or boutique gyms or whatever you want to call it in, in specificity are not problems with the pandemic and how can we make regulations that allow them to stay open while maybe a global gym can't take those safety kind of precautions that we need. And so, you know, what can we do to make it more fair for the small business? Well, Matt, Matt, you're in this business. How hard would it be? You you said you do uh, concerts, right? Mm -hmm. How hard would it be to say X number of people via square foot? It's, It's very, it's, pretty simple it's arithmetic yeah know? so it's like it's, it's it, in but we're doing it like we, it's like you know socially distance events you know they they exist you know yeah. it, 
Yeah, so why couldn't we do that for boutique gyms? Hey, if your gym is 2,500 square feet, you only allow X number of people in the building at a time. Here's what your class size is going to be. Yeah. And and then they figure it out. And if they can't keep the business open, well, okay, then they're in a bad spot. But it's a hell of a lot more fair than just saying, shut them all down. You're done. You know, and now, you know, we're we're saving lives. I got an argument with uh, a very popular CrossFitter. I won't name him, but his his name rhymes with Matt Vellner. And um, (laughs) I said to him, I said (laughs) that uh, COVID dreams of killing as many people as McDonald's has. I'll probably get sued by McDonald's for saying that, but oh my god! But it's true; it's absolutely true. And what I meant by that is not McDonald's specifically. So please, nobody rat me out to McDonald's and get me sued. What I meant was, it's like fast food and those, you know, processed foods kill far more people than COVID ever will. And I guarantee you, that's a that's a fact, a straight up fact. And CrossFit certainly contributes to solving that. Because CrossFitters don't eat that crap on a regular basis. We right. train people not to, and we get them healthy, and we get them moving. I don't, I don't disagree with you, but like, like me shoving a Big Mac in my face is not going to kill my grandmother. So there have to be different precautions when it comes to like a super spready virus. No argument there. No argument. Yeah. My point is we're leaving McDonald's open with no question at all. Yep, I don't disagree with we're that. We're not even batting yeah. an eye at it. We're going to keep them open. It's an essential business, right. oh, but CrossFit, we got to take a deep dive look at this because right, right. they're killing people. Like, right. And keep selling cigarettes and soda. Yeah. No, I guess yeah, it's it just that, that's, that's my argument. That part that, you know, it's funny. Christmas like really opened my eyes to a lot of this stuff where it was like, you know, I was in Thanksgiving, like bouncing around. It's funny. Thanksgiving, um, T and Shane were here and like they had never been to a Costco. And so, this one right down the street from my house and I took Shane to Costco and I was like, I walked in and, and I'm like, I'm not very like wiggy skittish around with all of this. Like I'm out, like I was skittish. I was like, there are a lot of people here. This parking lot's full. Like what in, in funny, like what you're saying is exactly where my mind goes. It's like, like just get to 10,000 foot. Like there's a lot of smart people in government that, that make and weigh in, on these decisions like you know you're allowing that like and it's like you know it's it's literally a free-for-all like i can go to the meat section with 200 people like what you know at, in these gyms like what i'll tell you what the way my gym works it is that you have a box and you stay in your box yeah and yeah. they walk out of the gym one by one and like nobody's near each other and it's like that's not happening at costco no. That's not happening at the mall when I'm picking, you know, people are picking up their cheesecake factory and all this other shit. And it's like, you know, it's that, that is where I'm like out of my mind about this. It's just like, yeah. what, like, like how is a gym an issue? Like fill the gym up. Like I know. It, it's crazy to me. Like, I know I had a, I had a girlfriend lose a parent around the holidays. It was very sad. And, you know, regulations wise, she could only have like six or fewer people like at the cemetery. Um, but she could go to the mall with 500 people and pick up Christmas presents. It was crazy. And it was like what hearing her say that made me very sad for what is happening to everyone right now in those kinds of scenarios. And it's just the blanket regulations are not working. Yeah, I went, to, I went to a COVID wake and funeral. I, I mm. lost an aunt and to, and, and she, um, and it's funny you say that that's something that's come across my mind is like, there are people that weren't allowed to 
you know, pay respects to her. Mm-hmm. It's like, but I can go to Costco with 500 people. It's like, what is tough. wrong with this world? It's tough. You know? yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, I'm glad we're all aligned because there are a yeah, lot there are a so lot of nice. dis- there's a lot of discussions <laughs> I've had on this. I, I you know I'm generally like not you guys know me well enough. I'm not very vocal. Um, I try to like keep my opinion to myself. It's just like one area when it comes to small business, which is you know the foundation of America um, and globally. It's like you know when you're just like dinging people selectively like that. And by the way, like I'm okay if the government wants to regulate things. But you can't not support it on the backside. It's like, all right, you want to like shut all the restaurants in New York City? Why don't you do that if you think that's the answer? But don't put them out of business. Like help them. Right. You know, you know, you can do that. You know, if you want to be the, you know, make that big decision. It's like, you know, I'm watching what Barstool is doing. I don't know if you guys pay attention. It's incredible, right? But like, why is Barstool doing that? Like, you know, it's like, you know, David Portnoy is an incredible human being. He's raised 20 million bucks and you know it's it, it, it's like he's such a he's such a micro factor it's like like if he can do this much good like why can't we all just put our heads together and figure this thing out you know um, I, hope, yes. I hope we do i you know i just felt particularly passionate about it over christmas you know my dad is 76 he crossfits and he'd been going to this gym in, in his hometown in tupelo and they closed due to covid mm-hmm. and so now he's in a different gym and he doesn't like it as much i hope they're not listening um oh god he, he, he likes the, he likes the gym fine don't get me wrong it's a good gym and the owner's great and people are very nice but it's not the same for him and he's a new crossfitter you guys remember what that was like when you start yeah. and like you have all your friends you get your little yeah. routine and all the same people come to class and now that's gone and now he's got to make new friends and new classes and it's not the same and the coaching is different and and that's tough, you know, and I think, you know, that's not unique. That's probably happening in every city in America where there's probably one CrossFit closing because of this and people getting displaced. And I just think of all those people that maybe are just going to go, you know what? Not worth it. Not going to yeah. go back. And it just it's breaks my heart to think that they're a, it's a huge loss to our community. You know? I'm instantly gonna- maddest for Roy. I was fine with everything else, <laughs> but you took away all Roy's gym. And now I'm like... No way. Yeah. No way. I wish yeah. I could get my parents to CrossFit. Yeah, that that is, um, yeah, the whole thing is, is crazy. You know, and, and I think one of the biggest things that sticks out and it's like a contemplation for us and in, in the business we're in, which is, you know, heavy engagement, and, you know, gathering based, um, you know, what does this look like after, you know, <clears throat> you know, it's funny. We've been, we've been asked this and or contemplated is like, okay, 200 people are vaccinated. So we have this sort of like herd immunity status. Um, people aren't running to an NFL stadium. It's like, there's, there's a net that's been cast around this thing. That's going to have some long-term effect, right? It's like one of these scenarios where it's like, you know, Waterpalooza is going to be in January of 22. Uh, you guys are the first to hear that, by the way. Like we, hey, yeah, two scoops in one day. Yeah, yes. we were going to do it in this year. Like, try to be gritty with it. Like, I just not comfortable doing that event unless we can do it the way that the community loves to see it and be a part of it. Because it is an inclusive event. So, like, all of a sudden, well, we're going to run an exclusive event. Like, that doesn't seem to fit it. And and that's not like I'm now the steward of that event. I didn't invent that, but you know, people who started that event. Uh, have, you know, built some really special secret sauce around that event. And it's about, you know, everybody having a shake and, and, and a, an opportunity to be involved. And we're not doing it otherwise, but it's like, what does that look like in January of 22? 
Um, I really hope that's like the coming back party for people, you know? Yeah. But you know, we're, I don't know, like, are people, are we going to be masked at Wadapalooza next year? Um, you know, it's going to, you know, is that going to be a part of our culture moving forward where it's like people are getting real comfortable in masks, you know? Um, Uh I know, uh, you know what I said the other day, and this is so stupid, but I was like, I do think that some shit is going to be changed forever. And like, I, I saw a meme that was like, oh my God, do you remember when we all used to go bowling and we all used to put our fingers in the same finger holes as strangers? And like, that shit is never fucking happening again. And then the other thing that I thought that I felt, I felt kind of bad was like, it was like a rite of passage when you were like 21 years old to like go to a bar and get drunk and like make out with someone on the dance floor. And it was like harmless and sweet. And you were just being a kid. Like, no one's going to make out with a stranger. Are you kidding me? Have you been tested? What do you have? Like, right. I just, I feel bad for, like, the adolescence. Now now I'm old. But, like, looking back on that time in, in life where it was, like, fun or you were graduating high school and you were, like, finally starting to be able to go out, like, they're missing that very key social factor. And I don't think it's changing anytime soon either. Like, I don't think the next five years is going to be a little weird you know john and i didn't have that problem in college no. nikki you know, so no. it, absolutely not absolutely not is it, is it far uh, too far too soon to ask for a booth for me and nikki to bring the podcast to water oh great oh, yeah we got sure. plenty of planning time 20 yeah. january 22 we'll we'll plan from now to then yeah, let's do it yeah we we um Two, two things like last year i think we uh like started something that i think will take on a bigger you know, stage in, in general. Last year, you know, late in the game, we threw together this idea of like having a public stage for uh, um, podcasters to use. You know, I used it for ours for, you know, I don't know, 10 hours out of the four days. And, but we allowed others to book it. Um, you know, we want to expand on that for sure. Like, I, I think like that, that part's like the exciting part to me is like, you know, um, we have some big plans with that event. That's going to be really exciting. Like it's, it's such a, you know, a proven trusted, you know, platform that I feel like we're restricting um, some of the world access to, like, we want to bring in, you know, powerlifting, weightlifting. I want a thousand people to powerlift. I want a thousand people to weightlift. You know, I want, you know, strongman to be there and, and build some spectacle. I want a boxing match one night. Like I, I want to like, really take that city over um you know and the team's already starting to work on that you know three years from now i really hope that looks like that where there's fifty thousand people a day and you know there's a lot of media around it people are you know because that you know you've probably been to if you haven't the arnold it's really kind of what it is it's like you know mark bell is sets up his booth and podcast for three straight days like you know it's i want that so yes like let's do it you know million dollar idea Million Whoa. dollar idea for you. Okay. Let's Tag go. team wrestling, me and Nikki, and one of the Buttery Bros against Sean and Tommy and one of the Buttery Bros. Done. Ooh, well, we, Done. We, you, they're very well <laughs> like the boxing ring on Flagler one night. You know, we're uh, we're looking at it, you know. I, so maybe we could, like, one of the undercards can be this. Listen, I'm scrappy, okay? And as the <laughs> smallest person, well, actually, Heber might be smaller than me. But yeah, as one of the smallest he people, is, he is smaller, he's yeah. lean as hell and I'm thick yeah. as fuck. I have not <laughs> skimped on the friggin' Christmas cookies be, this season. Scrappy. I think he'd be scrappy. He'd probably he'd poke scrappy. your eye and bite, you know. Um, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of space for me to just like 
run around. Yeah, I'm just saying, pers- don't count br- as bring- the only female in this wrestling match. Don't count me out. Bring it if you if you haven't spent the full time there, um, John. I don't know if you have. Mickey has yep. for sure, and it's so um, it is like, man, it's a whirlwind. Um, I have a, now a different. I used to, like my progression with Waterpalooza was like fan, well, business owner, red line, you know, right. ex- exhibiting, and then fan agent, just working with athletes and you know poking around, talking to people, and then you know consultant and now operator and now. Uh, yeah, my experience is different now. It's rewarding in, in different ways with 10 hours of sleep in five days. But it's, um, man, it's like this, like, I'm I'm going through withdrawal right now. Yeah. It's funny enough, like, this is like 20-hour day time of year generally, like, trying to get this ship in the right direction and be prepared. It, you never prepared. But it's like, man, I'm, I'm going to miss it. It's such a special weekend. Um, it's so fun. I what well, come on down, bring the heat, like you whatever you need. Let's do it. Well, I was it's I was so there last year. As a matter of fact, I uh people were giving me shit. I uh I had a I bought a VIP pass, right? I want I it's my first time going. I'm like, I'm gonna get the good seats, you know. So I got the I got the full <laughs> experience. And so I'm walking around the event and and um people would stop me and ask for a photo and then they'd go, Ooh, you must be a big deal. You have a VIP pass. I'm like, I paid for this shit. Don't purchase that. Yeah. I'm not that big deal. You haven't learned how to leverage your status yet. Let me help you. You know, your media, you can get, you can get some access. Can you be John's agent? Yeah. Uh, Look, I, I knew I probably could have leaned on you guys for a media pass, but I wasn't going there to do media. And trust me, like I did that at the games and I actually used it for media, but I just wanted to go experience Wadapalooza and I didn't feel right. Like messaging those of you that I know and go, Hey, can I get a media pass when I wasn't going to do shit? Like I was just going to walk around and take pictures of people, you know? So if I'm there with Nikki and we're wrestling Heber, then I'll ask for one. But (laughs) it's so fun. I will say just for anyone who's listening, who hasn't gone to one of these events who may have the chance given, you know, the fact that we're hopefully uh, getting to the end of all the bullshit. It is transformative. Is that really like, like sappy to say because it is it's just like three full days of nerding out on crossfit with your best friends and family and like the community i mean i and i and i worked the event so like i had a job to do and i still was like completely swept up in the vibe just the love the competition as a fan and as just like a nerd in the space and it's just like walking people walk around and looking at their shoes and buying new gear like it's just so it speaks to who we are on so many levels and if you you have have the chance the average athletes are there nikki you've got the adaptive group oh so fucking cool and i will say like Waza is my second favorite event. Sorry, because Granite Games had pulled that trigger for me even before I had ever been to Waterpalooza. And okay, you know, it's in the family, so you're. They're okay. both. I was going to say they're both your events, <laughs> and they both do the same thing. They both are like community based. You know, mm-hmm. long weekends with the the family vibe and the like love. And I honestly even like the fact like Granite has always been kind of in like this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere and like the after parties at like a dive bar where like you'd never go and i loved that because it was us because it was crossfit people and like taking over miami is so cool on a completely different level so if anyone listening has the opportunity to go to either one of these events like i just feel like there's there's so much going on it is 
absolutely worth it to be able to get there. And I hope they can all happen in the next few years because I, I also am going through withdrawals. I really miss. I think I will. Energy. I think Granite Games has a has an outside chance this year. Um, we, you know, it's a it's a June type event at this mm-hmm. point, and if it's a part of the season, hopefully, like maybe that maybe that maybe that's like one of the shining lights, and we're able to do something. Those are. Um, Again, that same, I haven't had a chance to really, we got kind of robbed of being able to run it for the first time last year. Yeah. um, But again, I was a huge fan and like did the same thing there. Um, I've been to that event every year, been to Muckwap Blues every year. And it's, it's funny you kind of describe it that way. It's like, um, now we're working the event, Wadapalooza, you know, I'm working on a, you know, on the 15 minute schedule that you understand it. It's like heats and, and I'm running around like a mad dog. And, and I find myself, I found myself last year, finally able to enjoy it a little more. My first year was like, I need to understand this. Um, I got to do everything. And I almost killed myself doing it. And, but this last year I found myself just being like, I don't want this to end. Like, this is so cool. All my friends yeah. are in one place. Yep. All my friends are here. Together. Yep. And everybody's having fun and yeah. And you know what you're saying, John, like the pride in, in providing such an awesome experience for people like us to be able to be on a floor. Like I competed at Waterpalooza last year for the first time. Um, I did the gauntlet, which was like a one hour piece of it. I'd never realized I'd never been on that, that stage and floor there or granite games. That was really important for me to experience it, but man, it's like just so cool that, you know, um, we're able to do that. Like I want 5,000 people to be able to compete. We just don't have the space for it, you know? And it's, um, the grand games is that in its own right. We're moving it to a super cool new venue. Um, uh, you know, obviously I love St. Cloud as well. Uh, yeah. I feel like we, you know, provide more opportunity for people to access it. In- yeah, no, for sure. It's the middle of nowhere. I like, right. like I flew in really late one year. I can't remember if this was two years ago, maybe three. I flew in really late one year. And like, you know, there's only like one shuttle from the airport to St. Cloud. And it was like, I don't know, 1231 AM. I fell asleep in the back of the van and I gave them the little hotel info up front. And the guy like woke me up when we were there. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah. A hard hour and a half. It's like, yeah, you're moving. We woke up in like the parking lot of a Burger King. And he was like, (laughs) we're here. This is the address. And I was like, um, what? And it wasn't. And I was like, I don't know where I am. This is the middle of nowhere. No one can help me. No one's like, no one's awake in St. Cloud. Like, yes, moving it to a more accessible city is a great idea. I highly recommend. It's funny. I, that, 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 that story happened. I was around it. Um, Kelly Jackson, who, you know, former games athlete and Jen Smith. Uh, I can't remember if it was Jen or Kelly, but uh, one of them was at Grand Games checking in and like the other had landed in Minneapolis and never been there before and called. I think it was Kelly calling Jen. She was like, hey, I just landed. I'll see you in a couple minutes. And Jen was laughing. She's like, I'll see you in three hours. She's like, what do you mean? She's like, you got to take an Uber to St. Cloud now, which is Uh like an hour and 45 minutes away. That was a cool place, though. Like I, uh, I liked it. I'm sad it's moving a little bit. We're going to the Vikings facility, which is like this. Oh, rad. It's a hotel right there that we'll be able to stay and walk from. It'd be like a little bit more of a, um, you know, uh, all encompassing experience that way. Yeah. That makes it so much easier. The media team says, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It makes it way easier for our super long days, super early morning meetings. (laughs) 
And, and Nikki's being super nice right now with Wadapalooza. Like, it, it's funny how you look at these things. It's like you, in the moment when you're like experiencing the event and you're working it, you're like, I fucking want to kill everybody. No, you know, that's but not true. Especially Matt right now for putting me in this position. But no, it's like Matt or Dylan. But you know, you you get like a day out of it, and you're like, oh man, I can't believe that's over. It's a grind. It's a grind. Yeah. People like you. Um, are like the gratitude level for me is through the roof. It's like, you know, what, what we do, um, you do like, you don't like, you know, not everybody gets paid and those that get paid don't get paid enough. And it's like, we're, we're aggregating 1200 people, you know, 200 of them paid a thousand unpaid, the craziest people in the world work 15 hours a day. And don't yes, get that's... much more than a pair of shoes, um, to try to like put a great show on for people. And it's, um, those are the real champions yourself and everybody that works the event. It's like, I mean, we'd be, I mean, you know, it's funny. I've talked to CrossFit HQ about this uh, many times. It's like, where would we be without the people that really love these things that much to, the to come in? Yeah. The volunteers, like I, that's not a viable business without no. volunteers. You know, and I think a lot of people just like gym owners look at it like, Oh, I want to lose is making millions of dollars. We're not. No, events um, don't. Yeah. No, you know, we, we, we try to be a for profit business. Um, but like this last year, like, how's that look when, you know, you're a week out of an event, COVID hits and, you know, you've collected all kinds of money and you paid venue contracts that you can't get back. And it's like, you know, it's a real high risk business, um, yeah. but we do it because we love it. That's the like name of the game right there. We do it because we love it. We do. And I would, I would work any and all events from six in the morning until midnight because, it, because we love it. Like, it's just, no one outside of our little community gets it. Like, yeah. why the hell do you spread yourself so thin or you volunteer at these events or you fly yourself around the world to judge these athletes? Like, you can't explain it. We're all crazy. That's the answer. I figured it out. We're that's, all nuts. That's pretty yeah. true. Pretty accurate. We're just <laughs> pretty accurate. You seem to be expert on that with Nikki. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt about that. He gets exposure to the crazy all day, every day. All day, every day. <laughs> Well, Matt, thanks for coming on, man. We yeah, appreciate uh, your insight. Fun. Super fun. And I think, you know, super insightful for our our, uh, our listeners. I know it's on everyone's mind. They're all wanting to get out to these events, uh, particularly Wadapalooza. That thing is really, really special with the community. So thanks for what you're doing. And uh, we appreciate it. Well, thank you. And thanks for having me. And everybody just hang in there. You know, yeah. I think it's going to be uh, a lot of fun when we get to get back together and you know, support your gyms and any way you can. And, and, uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get there, but, you know, stick together, be consistent and, um, try to help, you know, everybody get through this, but yeah, I appreciate you guys and what you do and for all the athletes we work with, and, uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks so much. And for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us again this evening and we will chat with you guys soon.